Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges. And subscribe to us on YouTube and everywhere else that you listen. Yeah, you know, probably all the platforms. Just make sure you always listen to every episode on every platform as well, like four times a week. And as always, we talk judging MMA, so we'll be uh, needing you to read that criteria. Yeah, why don't you, why don't you do me a favor and uh, uh, get on that. Please. Yeah. Maybe I'm being too hard on, you know, the hammering too much about making sure you listen on every platform. You know, if you have to skip one of your major platforms for the week, um, don't. Yeah, just don't. Yeah, just don't. No. No, seriously, we are, we're trying to put a little more effort into the YouTube. We're going to we'll be adding a few more things kind of from our back catalog and trying to do a little bit better uh, with providing more content on YouTube. So keep your eye out for that. So please do subscribe. That would that would be help, uh, a help for us. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But you know who really helped out, I think, everybody this weekend? The judges. Yeah, they were great. They were on point at UFC on Saturday night. 21 out of 22 rounds, unanimous. 95.5%. We just don't get that. (laughs) But it was great because for a while, and I didn't want to talk about this, you know, talk about the no hitter, like I I was telling you, Dan, although Mm -hmm. you don't believe that, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't really either, but I was like, you know what, let's let's, let's go with it. Let's do it anyway. So I'm watching along and following along with the night. Not able to watch as much of the fights live as I, I would like to, you know, be able to score. So... You know, I'm I'm noticing there's a terrible heavyweight fight on, and I'm like, God, I hope there's no rounds. We have to go back. Thank to God for getting that one. Yeah, yeah. First, Perfect. no matter what, like that's almost more important than the judges being like unanimous almost on every round. Is just that they were unanimous on all heavyweight rounds. Yes, <laughs> we don't want any of that. None, none of that, please. So great job, but yeah, it was it was a perfect 18 for 18. Going into the main event, and then round one comes along, and Sal D'Amato messes it up. Come on, Sal. Honestly, it's probably time they get him out of here. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That was that's you know we'll talk about that round. Of course, we we have our thoughts on that round. We will get to the one contested round from the weekend. But yes, the bottom line is we had a really fantastic weekend from the judge, and I think it deserves a it deserves some recognition. You know, we had you know not a lot of names we're going to be t- shouting out because it was just one particular round. But I can tell you, we had you know. Scores from Mike Bell, Chris Lee, Sal D'Amato, Anthony Manis, Adelaide Bird, Junichiro Camillo, Tony Weeks was on this one. We had a we had a whole host of uh, Eric Cologne is on this one as well, right? I think we had a really terrific weekend from the judges, so they all deserve a good shout out. Uh, not just here and there, but especially for this weekend, I think they really they they pulled their way. Did a great Ron McCarthy. I should I should also know him as well. So. Terrific job on the whole. Awesome stuff. Mm-hmm. Made us made our jobs easier. Yes, it did. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's kind of all. We don't have too much to really talk about, other than the fact that Song Yadong got the win, an yeah. impressive win in the main event. Yeah, there's there's no storylines really that that advance very far from this card. So. Not a whole lot, but I I mean Song Yadong is definitely someone who has that kind of like will he be the champion one day kind of feel to he's still so young but he's looking really fantastic and i think even when he has these setbacks they're they're not such a negative that it's like a big setback it's more like a okay you didn't get the win but you kind of still impressed and here obviously he 
really impressed in a victory. But the question I would have for you, sir, is, is he a future bantamweight champion? Uh, I, I don't really see it. You don't see I, it? Huh? I, I mean, it's possible, maybe. Well, sure, but just, just like don't. anything is. He's young enough where maybe he can get improved. I just see him. He really hasn't gotten that one win that makes me say he's the guy. Sure. So That's, I mean, I can see what you're saying there. So tough for me to tell. Yeah, I mean, when he went against Sanhagen, Sanhagen busted him open. But he was doing well in cup. that fight, though. Until he wasn't. Well, until he got so, busted open and took it away. Like I, I think he'll he'll fare. He'll he'll be able to hold his own against strikers. Grapplers at the top of the division. I don't I don't think so. Not yet, anyway. Well, one or two of those grapplers who are at the top of the division who are actually fighting this weekend may not even be around for the long haul at, at bantamweight anyway. So. You might not have to worry about either of them. Uh, Mirab? Well, Mirab is a different thing, yeah. <laughs> Peter Yan, if he sticks around? Yeah, I don't think he has to worry about the grappling there as much. It's there if he wants it. No, but I don't know how... I don't know that Song Yadong is so weak in his grappling that he couldn't fend off takedowns from Peter Yan. Hmm, I don't know yet. I don't know. I, I, I mean, he's got, I the see... win o- he's got a win over Vera. Yeah. Highly... I won't say highly... Not highly, but it was a... It was a close fight. Could have gone either way. Yeah. I think, would, yeah, I think some people I think would call I it have. controversial. We, yeah, I don't think I would, I, but it was close. Well, Marlon Mar- Mar- Vera would. Well, that's fine. <laughs> anyway, who's on? Whoever's on the losing side of a split decision almost <laughs> always is going to be like, yeah, it was, yeah. Unless, unless you get a Paul Felder situation mm-hmm. losing to Dos Santos, and he's like, huh? <laughs> the the still image of him looking that way is is definitely uh, grilled into my mind. <laughs> I mean, you got Umar in there. Umar and him would be a fun fight. That'd be a fun fight. That, but I, I I'm just saying, he, I think he's young. I see him sticking around a while. He's also young, but he also has a lot of miles on him. Like, how much more can you develop? Like, he's got a lot of fights in there. Yeah, but in I such think a short I'm not time. worried about the development so much. I mean, if you're talking about the number of fights, that's really more about like. Well, you know, he needs before. to develop. He's not championship caliber just yet. No, I don't think he's championship caliber yet. I think he's, so he, but he's young. He's not even truly in his athletic prime. So, he's 25. Like, I think he could still improve as an athlete, even. You know, maybe I, I got to see more. That's that's where I'm at. That's fair. No, that's fair. Absolutely. Um, I don't think we have to linger too much more on this because we we do have to get to all these contested rounds. Ton of them, not a whole lot of them here. <laughs> um, but we actually we will have uh, in addition to the lone contested round. Yeah, it's just the one. We are going to go back in time after that, but we'll save that for later. Mm-hmm. Start off with our one contested round, round one from Song Yadong's round five TKO victory over Ricky Simone. What was going on in this round? Uh, pretty low output round. I think for like the first minute and a half, they just circle each other. Yeah. Uh, then that's when Song longs a. Uh, that's when Song lands a strong leg kick, solid impact there. Throws a jumping knee after it, and really all it does is just make contact with the body. I don't think there's any impact on it at all. Uh, Simone splits the guard a couple times, land a couple combos, couple good leg kicks. Song also landed a couple more leg kicks as the round went on. Nice body kick. Scoring live, I scored it for Simone. So that's my score. I'm not changing it. All right. Ten nine. That's fair. On rewatch, I'm not as confident in it. I think it's a fine defensible score, but I do think Song did more than I initially gave him credit for. All right. Yeah, I, I, I actually did agree with you. Okay. I did give this round to Simone, but also I thought it was really close. Mm-hmm. And you can understand why this did end up being the one round that was contested. It's unfortunate that we have to do anything for this show. We were gonna we were gonna give everybody the week off. I don't know what we'd do, whatever. But <laughs> what would we have done if we had absolutely no contested round? I'd have been just pretty cool with just like coming here and talking about next week. What if we just did like a five minute episode where like, hey, no rounds, guys. Have a great week. See ya. Yeah, we can just I was, pr- praise <laughs> just, everyone. Just an intro and then an outro. Yeah. 
<laughs> That'd be great. Um, get everybody in and out. No one's gonna listen. That's to that. how the heavyweights are supposed to do. No, it. That's how the heavyweights are supposed to do it. But we've we've got to give our audience a little bit of stuff. Um, but nonetheless, like I said, I agreed with you. I gave it to Simone, and that actually put us uh, in line with the out judge here, Sal D'Amato, who disagreed with his peers, Mike Bell and Chris Lee, who gave it to Song Ten Nine. What does that mean for the judge who now needs to be removed because he actually made us talk about this round? <laughs> couchside override. A farewell uh, a couchside override because now he's done. He's he's dead to us. <laughs> no. no, that that was it. That's really it. Four contested rounds. It's pretty wild. 22 rounds, by the way, too. 21 out of 22 is just, it's not even like a little bit, man. That's, that's a good chunk. Sometimes it comes down to, you know, hey, are we just having fights that are not particularly close or maybe they're a little easier to score? Maybe maybe in some cases here. But again, we had some heavyweight fights that were kind of like, oh, gee, I don't know, man. Because mm. <laughs> uh, you never know with heavyweights. And and sure enough, we got out of there. And I think, again, judges did a great job. There were six finishes here. That did help a little bit, of course. Two of them were in the first round. Two of them ended by TKO or KO. And there was more submissions. So we're back on the uh, the more submissions than TKO's train. Good. Although I still feel like it's gotten almost balanced out now. Because we had a few weeks where it was like all TKO's and KO's, man. All strikes. All the time. Mm. But what was your favorite of these, uh, this little handful here? Well, it was, uh, well, Cody Brundage showing off that fight IQ. Uh, jumping on a guillotine against one of the best grapplers in the world. Me? Yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, oh. Adolfo Vieira basically putting himself into... An arm triangle set it up beautifully just for him to just squeeze his head off. It was not the greatest like, of moves. He either. has a, he has a guillotine finish in his sure. career, but it wasn't over someone like Adolfo Vieira. It's like uh, it's not that he can't hit it though. It's just no, it's he didn't not really have it. That's yeah, never, he didn't uh, have it. It's never happening. It there. wasn't presenting. I mean, look, we've seen Adolfo Vieira get submitted in the UFC. That was stunning enough to happen. In, but this was different. No, no, like, no. I'm not. He, I don't disagree. Brundage already rocked him on the feet. Like, yeah. You shouldn't. Why put yourself on the back there? Yeah, yeah. but that was my favorite because uh, Adolfo took uh, advantage of the situation, got the tap. There you go. And yours? I liked uh, Irina Alexeva's. Alexeva's. Uh, well, she kind of destroyed Stephanie Eggers' knee there. It was weird. It was unfortunate because yeah, it, it kind of got wrecked even before she really had it. Yeah. Well, yeah, it wasn't even like the right movement. It was just like the outer portion of the knee yeah. that got like popped or whatever. I wonder if it was like, I mean, it was a knee bar, obviously, that, that we it goes down as a knee bar submission. But like, was it the the, the typical motion of the knee bar that act, or the, the, the actual implementation of the knee bar itself that really did it? Because it was kind of weird. Again, yeah, like it's, like, it's like someone that pops their own knee when they're in like a body triangle or a regular triangle. Mm. And that, that like motion of the outer portion. Yeah, it was a little strange. But nonetheless, I, I thought, number one, you give me an not, not unorthodox, but uncommon in MMA submission victory, mm-hmm. uh, I'm always going to be like, oh, that's kind of fun. It's good to see it because, you know, we, we get arm bars all the time. Mm-hmm. We get guillotines. Mm-hmm. We get a lot of rear naked chokes. A ton of those. And that's that's, that's kind of like the, the big three in, in mixed martial arts these days. You yeah, know? maybe if you hit one of those, they just win the round. 
We're still going back to that. I guess we're going to keep going we're back to this. <laughs> you, you hate that so much. Oh, I mean, it's so, stupid. It but is like, so yeah, dumb. Yeah, yeah. All right. I, I had to get one in there. That's all right. That's all right. All right. That's a callback for, for people. If you if you didn't catch that, go back go back a few episodes or something. Or just you move on yeah, with your life. Just, let's just move on. You just move on with your life if you want to. Um, but yeah, so that was my favorite. And I only she only needed two minutes. Uh, I think two eleven was the time on that. So for Lexa, so yeah, it was great, quick. great debut for her. Um, I think they called her Russian Ronda or something. Was that what it was? Is that what the, I, I, didn't I catch believe? That. I believe they called her Russian Ronda, or maybe she's just Ronda. I've, mm. uh, her nickname has to do with Ronda Rousey. Because um, they were saying during the fight, I guess she used to have a haircut that made her kind of look like her. Okay, and then she got a different haircut. And now she, she's like, now I look like Henry Cejudo. <laughs> all I, right i thought it was funny they were they were joking about <laughs> that right. they're like you don't you didn't uh you didn't really i guess look, I, yeah. I don't think i had this, this you might not right. have okay i got you i got you um yeah it was funny uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but you know we had ronda's of course the arm bars now maybe she's the knee bar maybe she's all gonna right. hit knee bars everybody yeah, that'd be awesome that'd be cool not good for the knees though definitely wish yeah. uh stephanie Hager well in her recovery because yeah. yeah knee bars suck um but that is it that's everything we had from ufc vegas number 72 for the week that's what is this a record this is yeah this is the least amount of contested rounds we've ever had we had some filler in there too i feel like we could have got this done even quicker if we wanted to but no we should we could show but again that is it for that one we just don't have a whole lot more from going on so we thought we would kind of pad it out a little bit with a little you know reaching into the back catalog of the ufc for some past judgment we haven't done past judgment in a long time it's like last summer was last time we've been a while yeah so i'm glad we're going back to it I like doing them. Dan is, is has soured on them in recent times, but once in a while. Yeah, once in a while. Once in a while, it's all right. We'll bring it out of the closet. Give you a double dose. Yeah, we're going to do two. One of them is going to be revisiting a fight we've already talked about on our show way, 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 way back before we had, let's say, a, a more enlightened understanding of how to implement the criteria. Um, and another one is one we haven't spoken about. But both of these fights took place in... New Jersey. New Jersey, where we're going to be having the fights this coming week. So we thought we'd bring it in a little bit with a little, uh, little Jersey flavor. Yeah, like good Taylor Ham flavor. Yes, Taylor Ham. I don't care if one of these fights took place in you know the other country. We're in, <laughs> we're in Taylor Ham. Well, country. actually, one took one takes place in Taylor Ham country, and one takes place in Pork Roll country. Well, that's what I'm saying. No, no, yeah. no, no. no. We, that's what I'm saying. We don't talk oh, about that. Oh, we don't talk. Okay. No, no, no. You missed out. <laughs> All right, but anyway, so so for those who do not recall or maybe haven't heard, when we do pass judgment, we kind of score it just a little bit differently. So Dan is going to do the quick rundown before we get into our first of two pass judgment fights. Dan, how how do yeah, we do? Things well, the spiel's been a little while since I did it, but basically we score using the ABC criteria based on effective striking and grappling and the three D's: damage, dominance, and duration. Ten nine is a round where neither fighter checks off a D to a strong degree. A 10A can be considered for 1D, but must be given when two Ds are achieved. A 10-7 can be considered for two Ds, but must be given for all three. The rare 10-10 is for partial rounds and basically staring contests. We've eliminated effective aggression in area control because it's extremely rare that judges go to these anyway. So, Scott, set up our first fight. Michael Bisping, Rashad Evans. Michael Bisping versus Rashad Evans was the headliner of UFC 78, which was the first time that North Jersey had hosted a UFC event. It was actually the first one at the Prudential Center and opened just a few weeks before this. So it was one of the first non-hockey games that actually took place at The Rock. 
And my first live event. Your first live event? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember, you know, was there an energy in the building for this? Or yeah, was people, this like, people yeah. were super. I was super excited. I think Houston Alexander was on this card. I was I was pumped for him to fight. I think Tiago Silva was on this card. Okay. Frankie was on this card, I believe. Frankie, Frankie Valley? Frankie Edgar. Oh, Frankie Edgar. Sorry. Yeah. I'm mixing up my jersey, guys. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was I was pumped for this one. I, I knew what you were talking about. I Good, I'm glad. No, 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 I know. But but that's cool. That's cool. You know, I had, I did not. I was not really into the UFC at this point uh, yet. 2007. I was. I don't know what I was doing at that point. <laughs> not not watching UFC too much. All right. It was close though, because it was. I think this was like a month before um, Brock Lesnar fought Frank Mir, and that was like the first fight that I was like sort of interested in, and like kind of caught later. Or mm-hmm. Maybe even two months before. I can't remember, but. Um, yeah, so it was it was kind of right before I was starting to get into this. At any rate, Michael Bisping came into this one. He was 28 years old, fresh-faced, 14-0, and 0, the Ultimate Fighter Season 3 winner. He had just won uh, an, an, at the time, controversial split decision over Matt Hamill in September. And we had actually gone back to that particular fight, Hamill and Bisping, for past judgment uh, way back in Episode 30. So we might have to go back and give that a second mm. look at some point as well. Um, also 28 years old, Rashad Evans, fresh off a draw with Tito Ortiz in July, headlined his first pay-per-view in this one. And such so Bisping. First of May. But <laughs> but uh, he was unbeaten as well at the time, 10-0-1. I, I thought it was 15-0-1. So, all right. So there's a discrepancy in the way the UFC okay. does things because, first off, they, they count some of the, uh, the Ultimate Fighter stuff, uh. which they don't which official records don't. And then I think they had other ones in there as well. I'm working off of what I saw from topology. Okay. So, you know, these things kind of sometimes fluctuate depending on what's considered official and what's not. So, but anyway, I'm, I'm going with that. So 10, Oh, and one, five wins in the UFC. That's undebatable unless you can count the ultimate fighter. Mm. Um, but that did also conclude that he won season two. So it was season two winner versus season three. Yeah, I was I was big into tough, so I was I was into this. A lot of people were. So. I mean, this is a it's kind of a it was a very rare at the time non-title headliner for mm-hmm. a pay per view. Yeah, and only three rounds. And it was only three. This was back when they were only doing three yeah. rounds. It took several years for them. I think four years for them to get to the point where they're actually doing um, five round non-title main they, events there might have been a struggle rounds four and five yeah but we might have gotten an end <laughs> that's true too we might we might not have we winner. might not have needed to go back yeah. to this one but anyway um the the judges for this one being in new jersey it was romulo bittencourt eric cologne who was announced as eric cologne by bruce buffer he got it right that time. Yeah, yeah yeah way back then he actually used to do it right and now now he's just eric colon <laughs> it's been that way for a very long time um yeah go figure but then doug crosby Never okay. heard of that guy. Yeah. Who's that guy? I don't know. <laughs> uh, referee for this one, Dan Mergliata. Also looked very different back then. Him and I, you know, I caught caught a, a glimpse of, of Eric Cologne on the in the cage side too. Mm-hmm. Fresh faced individuals, these guys. Dan Mergliata, Eric <laughs> Cologne. It just it was a different time. <laughs> All these I mean Bisping and, and Evans too. Everybody's everybody's so much younger. Yeah. 15, 16 years, 15 and a half years. Yeah. Bisping a bit softer looking. Now? Yeah. Then. Oh, then? Then. Now, well, he, now he's a lot. No, he, now he looks like he's in the best shape of his life. Well, yeah, he looks terrific. So. You, just, you can't see as well. Uh, <laughs> yes, he was able to see with both eyes in this one. Yes, that's true. Still <laughs> had two functioning eyes. Uh, we should also note that we do not have individual round scores for this 
fight. So use your imagination. But we will give you their final scores at the end. That much we can at least provide for the judges. So let's get into it. Round one. What's happening? They start out. They have a nice little exchange. Like This might be a wild fight. Um, I think Evans got the best of it before trying for a takedown. They spent quite a bit of the round clinched against the cage with Evans trying to get Bisping to the ground. Uh, when they're separated, Bisping does get a couple good shots in, but I think so does Evans. I think Evans uh, is getting a little bit of the better of it here. Evans gets a takedown, passes the side control, doesn't really do much there with it. Bisping gets back up, and in the clinch, they exchange some elbows. Uh, Evans lands two good ones to Bisping's one. Evans takes him down again. They spend the rest of the round, Bisping in half guard, trying to get up, and every time he sits up, Evans pushes him back down to the mat. I think this is pretty clear, 10-9 Evans. Yeah, I think it's 10-9 Evans for sure. We should also point out at the beginning of this, because we're talking about two fights that are much older, mm-hmm. um, the scoring criteria was a very different thing at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... You know, we're going to look at it through the eyes of modern MMA judging. Right. That may not match up in some of these instances with the way it was judged at the time, where you know things like ring generalship and, and all sorts of things that we just don't really do anymore were factored in. Takedowns had more weight, and, you know, all that sort of stuff. It was less about the effect of the takedowns and that kind of thing. It was more, well, it was it was a rougher time. It was an earlier time, and right? Goldie will, Goldie will point out how the, how the fight <laughs> scored randomly. Yes, at it some just, point. Which round was it? Round, round two? Round three. Round three. Round three, he just, he just boards out effective striking, grappling, aggression, and cage control. It or was like control. totally out of context, just, and then we just moved on from it. It's just out of nowhere. It was just a total non sequitur, <laughs> and then we moved on. Very, very strange. Um... There's a lot of awkwardness from Goldie that we just don't have anymore. Um, it was fun for a time, and I think it ran its course. So I think we moved on to a, a, a more evolved time. I think in MMA commentary, at least, you know, mm. most of the time. Um, round two. Was, well, no, I didn't. Just, yeah, I, said, I said round. I, oh yeah, oh, I didn't did, even get to this at all. Great, yeah. I, I have Evans. Yeah, we both had Evans here. Um, that's all I really have to say. That's, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say. I think all the judges probably agree. I think this round's probably unanimous. It's a good chance. Yeah, I, w- I would think. But I mean, I don't know, because we'll there there's a split round in this fight. We'll have to figure out what it is yeah. at some point. So I mean, we can we can guess. We don't really know. So, mm-hmm. but let's move on round two. Uh, Bisping comes out with a flying kick to the body. They have a little bit of an exchange before Rashad gets a big double leg. He could have slammed him harder than he did. He didn't. You know, he kind of took it easy on him. I thought. Um, and you know, they're active. Both of them are very active on the ground. Bisping, instead of the typical Bisping that we're used to throughout his career of getting taken down, getting right back up, or not getting taken down at all. He was closing his guard and throwing punches from his back. So, uh, you know, when you know what Bisping's career, it's kind of more you see the evolution here. And this is kind of the beginning of it. I always thought saw Bisping as one of like the early innovators of using the cage to get mm-hmm. back up mm-hmm. from from being down. It was like at the time it was always viewed like, oh, no, you, you don't you don't want to be in that spot because it's like less options. But it was like, oh, no, there's actually more. Yeah. So, it was, but it, yeah, it was, but he wasn't at that point. Yet. Yeah, like yeah, it was weird. Yeah, back in the day, how that that he he changed all that. Um, but anyway, Rashad loses his mouthpiece, and they fight a little more. And it's not like no one. There's no action. I'll give it to him. Rashad's not trying to pass. He's just throwing punches from from guard from, from inside guard, Michael yeah. Bisping's guard. And then Big Dan he stands him up. I thought it was a really weird stand up there. Not a fan of those. We don't yeah. see stand ups like that as often anymore. Yes. Um. Typically. Anyway. That's about that. That was like the first half of the round. So now they're back on the feet for the second half, and you know you can tell Rashad's tired here, and Bisping starts landing some good combos. Rashad's throwing back. He's landing a few of his own. 
I think the impact is definitely on Bisping's side here. Close round. I got a side for Bisping here, 10-9. Also, uh, I want to point out in between rounds, as Scott was saying before, how you know we're, you, we're seeing it through a modern judging criteria. Back then, Joe Rogan says something along the lines of, Rashad has the more takedowns, but he's not really doing any damage with them. Not sure how the judges are going to score them. It was prescient. It's like yeah. It was like a thing that he could have said now, but he wouldn't say now. Yeah, now yeah, he's, <laughs> he's soured on whatever he said then. Yeah, go figure. Everything is uh is backwards. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, a fight. What do you think of this round? Do you think this could have been a split round? I think this could have been. You yeah, think, you think this possibly. is a swing? Yeah. Okay. Depending how how much weight you give Rashad's first half. I feel like that's kind so. of what it comes down to. Is again, and, and trying to think through the 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 pass lens, and you know, you were just kind of guessing here to a certain degree. So, but I did agree with you. I thought Bisping had this. I think. I think from today's standards and today's judging eye, it would be much easier to give this round of Bisping. I mm-hmm. think the the impact is much more uh, prevalent in impact and an effectiveness of the strikes, mm-hmm. I think, is there. I, I, I feel like close but clear by modern standards. Okay. You know, again, the, the caveat here is modern standards. So. Mm-hmm. But I have it 1919, so do you. We have it tied going into the third and final round of this main event. Yeah, this was, this was a decent round. Nah, both guys are exhausted. More so Evans. Uh, Evans landed a couple heavier shots. Bisping was good. Kind of just touching Evans. feel like the more, you know, cumulative type shots. Not really the heavy impactful ones in this round. I'm noticing greater effect when Evans lands. Not by that much. Uh, he does get a takedown early that Bisping, you know, accepts, accepts but nothing really came with it. It's a close round. Um, but I think Evans was more effective in this one. I went the other way, actually. And again, right. this is still viewed more through a modern lens, right? Because mm. I can see how this one would end up being more, much more of an Evans round, like at the time, right? I think they they weighed takedowns a little differently then. Mm-hmm. Again, this is this is a little bit of my guesswork on this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think by today's standards, this is a lot closer. Well, yeah, it's a very close round. As opposed to round two, I thought was probably would might have been close at the time. I think round three is the one that actually would have been a swing round by today's standards. So I did go for Bisping here. I thought the, the, the strikes landed were just a little bit more effective. All right. A little closer round. So I went that way, and I gave the fight to, to Bisping, 29-28. You went the other way. Same, same number. Rashad for Evans. Evans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that that uh, that does it. So we're split even, even by today's standards. It's changed in the way we got there, but I think we still ended up in this is a very close fight. Not controversial, just close. I think. Yeah, just a close one. And it would have been nice if they had a couple extra rounds to kind of sort it out, although they were kind of they were kind of dragging. They were a little tired. A bit tired. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the back uh, <laughs> back then the conditioning wasn't quite to the level it is today, I think. Mm-hmm. Especially someone like both Bisping and Evans were they're five round guys. You know, eventually they became oh, yeah. five round guys. Oh yeah. Um I think even more so Bisping. But Well they were well, they well Rashad spent most of his career at 205 anyway. He did. But he did. Bisping eventually realized 85 was his home. It was after this fight. This was his it last was light heavyweight one. fight of his career. Okay. Everything after was was 85 and he hit he yeah. always hit he always hit the button. 185 nailed it. Um or, you know, made weight 185 186. Um Yeah, it's weird. I hated Bisping going into this one. A lot of people did. And I love him now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's fun. He's fun. Well, he he was he enjoyed getting a rise out of people, right? Mm-hmm. He played that up. Well, I hated him from the show. That's, mm-hmm. that's but I think where, he knew that too. So you know, maybe he was. I didn't watch the show. I remember. Like, I remember. Maybe he, he was just a bit of a punk back then. I don't know. I remember the 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 one that put me over. I was like, you know what? I don't like this guy at all. <laughs> he's he's having a conversation in the house, and he's like, "Forget Team Ortiz. Forget Team Shamrock. I'm on Team Bisping. 
I don't care about the team. I'm, it's just an individual competition. I know. What a jerk. And I was Caring like, about himself. I was like, man, it's about the team. <laughs> and that's, I'm telling you, that's what made me not like him. I love that. that one quote. I like that. That's that's hilarious by today's standards. It's just like they should be all for themselves, especially on that yeah. show. Well, no, yeah, I've changed my mind. Obviously, you're more involved. We should before we close out of here. We should we should note who scored what. Uh, it was judges Cologne and Crosby who had this 29-28 for Evans, and it was uh, Romulo Bittencourt scored it for Bisping, like I did. But I again, I don't Homolo. know. Homilo. I think it's Homilo. What makes you say that? Well, he's a. I believe he he had. I think he was the head instructor at Henzo Newark. Oh, uh, I'm not as familiar. If I'm with not him. mistaken, oh, good for you. By the way, it's cumulative, not cumulative. Cumulative. Since we're connecting. We're correcting everybody here. Cumulative. 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 Cumulonimbus. Cumulative. Those are clouds. Cumulative. Cumulative. I like meshing syllables together. That's all right. Cumulative. <laughs> All right, I think we should move on from this. <laughs> We're going on too long on that one, but um, yeah, that was that was it for that one. We do have one more past judgment. And again, this one we call these appeal editions because we go back and look and give it another look at, especially the 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 fights that we had judged before we had again a more evolved understanding of the criteria. Um, this is a one that we looked at way back in U at episode seven, not UFC seven. Um, this was, I can't remember if it was right before or right after you had gotten over COVID mm. and this was deep in the pandemic, like, like the, the early days, the dark days. And we were doing this remotely. It was like an all BJ Penn episode. So this fight is BJ Penn against Cal Uno number two. All right. The notorious draw that dead in the water started, uh, the light heavy lightweight division, excuse me, of the UFC back at UFC 41. This was on February 28th, 2003 at Boardwalk Hall in Atlantic City. Headliner was uh, Rico Rodriguez defending, well, not successfully, his heavyweight title against Tim Sylvia. Sylvia ended up winning that one. It was also the final of a four-man tournament to crown this lightweight champ, which, again, did not happen. Uh, Jens Pulver had left the UFC over a contract dispute, so he had vacated the title. That is why we were here. Uh, the tournament began in the semifinals, by the way, the previous September. Penn beat uh, Matt Serra. Cal Uno had defeated Dean Thomas, and those were both by decision. So that is how you were curious when we were watching this. You said, how did, how did Cal Uno get here? It's like, well, this is why. Well, that's what I was wondering. I mean, he got destroyed the first fight. Yeah, but it's only seven events later. Made a little tournament. But seven events later, how, how, how far away is that? Uh, at the time, that was like more than a year. Yeah, that's wild. It was well over a year because they didn't, I mean, they were having like five to seven events at this point in a year. Okay. It was not that many. Mm. <laughs> and in fact, I, I think about this sometimes. It's like if you go back and you went from like UFC 41 or UFC, let's just go with UFC 1 to at what point, at what event would you finally get enough fights to make up for how many fights we watch in one year now? It's probably like well over a decade. Wow. That's my guess. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Be interesting to see. That's a very nerdy thing to do, and that's right up my alley because I'm a total nerd. Yeah, that's, uh, that's for you to figure <laughs> out. I should also point out, that, like, as much as this was for the, the title, right, and, and we thought of thinks of BJ Penn as one of the greats and, and you know, kind of number one, Takanori Gomi was considered number one at this point. He was still fighting for Shuto. So Pulver had just knocked out, uh, had just been knocked out, I should say, a month earlier by Dwayne Bang Ludwig. Penn and Uno were right behind Gomi in the rankings, so there's a lot of, you know, who's the best at this point. So they were really trying to figure this out here. And then... And again, we didn't get that. <laughs> we didn't get resolution anyway, but the judges for this... Oh, you wanted to say something. What were you going to say? 
when was this? What 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 was the date of this fight? February twenty eighth, two thousand three. So a little more than twenty okay. years ago. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, I was trying to see how many fights they had. I'm sorry. Give me that. Give me one date one more time. February twenty eighth, two thousand three. Yeah. Okay, so later in the year, BJ settled it. BJ BJ finished Takanori. Takanori Gomi. Yeah. Yeah. So he did. Eventually, he eventually he, he, he got. Took it over. Yeah, 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 we settled that because obviously he left. He had kind of a little bit of a UFC sabbatical. Mm. Uh, but anyway, the judges for this one once again: Doug Crosby, never heard of him, and uh, Tony Molinax and Steve Wright. And this being twenty years ago, you can imagine we don't have individual round scores. Who knows? How we got there. We'll, we'll go over why. But anyway, we just had the final tally. I wish we knew how we got I there. I wish we did, too. Uh, also, I'm kind of confused how we got there the first time well, that yeah. we did this. Yeah. <laughs> we'll figure that out. Uh, I think I have a better idea of that, at least. The referee okay. for this one, by the way, was John McCarthy. And that, uh, that leads us into round one. So, Dan, what's happened in round one? Yeah, BJ Penn lands a nice right hand early, gets a takedown, gets on the back, lands a couple strikes. Uno gets back up. BJ gets it back down. He's on the back again, landing some punches. A couple of these heel kicks to the belly. Uh, I think we definitely got dominance here, but uh, I'm a little short on damage. I, I'm just going 9, 10-9. Yeah, I think for me, this just felt like a little bit of a different round. It felt like kind of mm-hmm. like, okay, this was BJ. This was really BJ. Mm-hmm. And we do have the dominance here. I checked off dominance. So I actually did go the 8 here. But I understand. This is this is like a this is kind of an 8-9 split in the CSJ system. So. Mm-hmm. I can see why you ended up going the other way. It's very close. I feel good about my t- my eight here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would imagine at the time the judges had this one for a pen 10-9, but who yeah. knows? Well, but there was 30% of people on <laughs> UFC, the TV, that had it for Gomi. Yeah, so back at this point, they were advertising <laughs> people would go on UFC.TV and cast your vote on who won the round. And yes, it was 70-30 split for uh, BJ. That felt like it was just 30% of people were going to vote for talk, uh, for Kyle Uno no matter what he did. Yep. So that was a little strange. While the while you pointed out, it should have been you know to prove that the concept behind verdict does not work. Yes, yes, I think this was an early sign that something like verdict is not meant to be. Um, although back then, you know, people knew less than they do now, and now there's more people who know less than they did at the time. <laughs> I think did I say that right? Anyway, but uh, our scores at that time when we did we did this way back three years ago, uh, we both had BJ Penn ten eight. Mm-hmm. So you know, you you saw it a little bit more. I think at the time we were doing it more as like, okay, well, he definitely won the round, so we're gonna do an eight as opposed to like, well, it was close, so we're gonna go. Yeah, like there's there's no argument. We did things way. a little bit different yeah. then, um, which I still don't hate the idea, of, but we're we're mm-hmm. grounding it in in the criteria of today uh, and the three Ds and and at least applying them to you know a different way. But but nonetheless, mm-hmm. it's still it's still going to be evaluated in the same way you would. So let's move on to round two though. What's going on here? Yeah, not the most exciting round. Uno's landing some good light kicks. Uh, the commentary is even like he, BJ should probably start trying to check these. Um, BJ lands a couple shots to the head, but mostly this round is Uno. He gets a couple takedowns. These nice little trips, a uh, little ground and pound with it. Ten nine Uno. Yeah, ten nine Uno. That's this felt like a pretty not not a clear round. I mean, I guess it was clear in the sense that like yeah, Uno definitely won, but not a. Uh... Not a big round. Right. Not not a big round at all. But no, I don't think anybody would mistake who won this round. So we I think we can give the judges this that they probably saw this one for Uno, especially because mm-hmm. they the the slant of this fight ended up being closer to Uno than anything else. So yeah. I have Uno ten nine, which means my score is still nineteen to eighteen in favor of Penn. You have it tied at nineteen mm-hmm. apiece. Um but we also had it nineteen nineteen for Uno in this round as well. Yep. What about round three? 
Um, pretty much the same round as round two. Uno's landing good leg kicks, getting takedowns, landing some ground and pound. BJ Pan landing a couple strikes to the head on the feet. Basically the same as round two. 10-9 Uno. Yeah, same thing. I had the same score. That ends up making it tied at 28 apiece for me. You have it 29-28 in Uno's favor. And uh, at the time, when we did this a few years ago, we had it the same way I did. So, 28 all. Mm-hmm. What about round four? Well, BJ outgrapples Uno in this round. A couple solid takedowns. He gets the back. No real ground and pound in this round. No sub attempts. I think it's just a clear 10-9 for Penn here. He's got... I don't, does he even get the body triangle this time? I don't know if he's... I don't believe he did. Yeah, I don't think he gets the body triangle in this round. Yeah, I, I think this is just a... It's a nice BJ Penn round. Yeah. It's hard to... Let's play devil's advocate here, though. Do you see a way where they could give this round to Cal Uno, even imagining, you know, 20 years ago what scoring made? I don't like, think so. You know? Yeah, it's, it's tough to imagine it because he didn't really do a whole lot of successful offense well, in, in any in, way, right? In Uno's eye is getting messed up. It is getting messed up, yeah. So, in, fa- in anything, you would think it would lean much more to BJ Penn right, in that sense. Yeah. But I, I still wouldn't give it more than the nine, even in our system. I think it's just a just a BJ round. Yeah, it's a nine. So, although, this, although what? Last time. We gave it an eight. We did. Last time we did give it an eight. Uh, I, that I don't know what we were thinking other than, yeah, it's like, well, we think he won, so we're going to give him the eight as opposed to <laughs> it just being, man, it could have gone either way, Let's, but mm-hmm. we're feel close about it. So I don't know. We're, don't go back and listen to that episode. We're telling you where it is just because we want to make sure we're covering our bases. If you want to go back and figure out why we said stupid things, then, you know, I guess, but, you know, maybe don't. <laughs> just maybe don't. The, yeah, so I have it a pen round. That means I give him uh, the edge once again. I have a 38-37. You have 38 apiece. It's tied going to the final round. Again, we gave this an 8 last time, so our cumulative scorecard three years ago was 38-36 to in BJ Penn's favor. What about the final round? Is this another round where make, at least we could start thinking about could it go Kaluto's <clears throat> I I don't think so. I think both guys are pretty exhausted. Uh, Penn's landing some good shots a on the feet. A theme of older MMA, huh? Yeah. <laughs> he, he gets it on the ground, grabs the back, lands a shot or two before it's reversed. Um, but I just don't see anything really effective at all coming from Uno. Kind of just hoping to survive the round, really. Cardio-wise, most likely. Yeah. But, you know, I think Penn has the, all, all the effective offense here. Pretty clear for Penn. 10-9. Yeah. I'm with you. This is a 10-9 round. I don't think he quite gets to that eight level uh, in our system. I don't. I don't really check off any D's here. Just I. I no, no one would mistake who won the round. Mm-hmm. And again, that's probably why we thought about this one as a 10-8 at the time. We did do it a 10-8 at the time, but we're not doing it here. Simple 10-9, which brings your score to 48-47 and mine to 48-46. But I, you know, I, you know, I could see it going mm-hmm. your way too. I'm sure you probably see it to a degree mm-hmm. mine as well. Um, but yeah, we had 48-44 BJ Penn at the time, which sounds like a much bigger shutout than it actually kind of was. But also, it does sort of represent the fact that, yeah, we definitely feel like BJ Penn won this fight. Yeah, BJ won It's really fight. hard to come away from this fight, I think, even under an, uh, an older understanding of the criteria or an order, older iteration of the criteria interpretation thereof and give this one to Cal Uno, which is why it's so puzzling that this is a draw. A split draw is how it went down. It's yeah. Doug Crosby got the fight correct, I think, in giving it forty eight, forty six. At least he gave it to Penn. I don't know which round he gave a ten eight to BJ <laughs> yeah. of the old. St- I mean, this is we're all over the place here. I don't know what's going on with the scoring back in two thousand three. This is crazy. Um, so yeah, he has Doug Crosby has forty eight, forty six Penn, which again he got the right guy. I think. I think we actually yeah, got the right the guy right here. Um, Tony Mullinax went forty eight, forty seven Cal Uno. 
I don't know what round he gave to Count Uno. What round? Yeah. Give me if guns to your head. One, four, or five. Which one of those went to Uno? Five, maybe. Like that's the only one that only because in my eyes that was the beat is a little more tired. That yeah, kind of going. Maybe for, yeah. he just looks has worse worse uh, appearance. Maybe. Okay, I I don't I don't know. It looks a little closer. Right? Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I mean so. he does he does get pressed against the fence a little bit in that round. Right, but I mean. I'm just trying to find something. I know, I know. We're so. grasping this. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm yeah. giving devil's advocate here. I'm yeah. giving a scenario that's a little strange. But then our final score, because we're again we're split here. We got BJ on one side, we got Uno on the other side. Steve Wright has it 48-48, which means there is a 10-10 round in here. Just threw his hands and up and said, and, "I don't know." Yeah, if you're saying <laughs> if you're saying that the round that's potentially could have gone not to BJ Penn is round five, then what we're saying in this scenario, and we're guessing here again, I want to stress we're guessing. We do not know Stephen Wright's individual round by round card here, but could it be that he had it thirty eight thirty eight going into round five, and he came away from round five and said, "I can't pick a winner. Throw my hands. We're moving up. on. That's it. Just no one should win this one." <laughs> And he got a split draw. I mean, God, what the heck went on here? I don't know. Like, this is <laughs> this is almost like a fight that, like, really deserves some looking into. Because why would we have gotten here? I don't understand. Yeah, what, what are these scorecards? I would love to see those scorecards. Now, I know from speaking with Nick Lembo a few years back that the state of New Jersey destroyed a lot of their older records, including a ton of old boxing and MMA scorecards. Uh, I know Nick was not particularly happy about that either. So that's unfortunate that it happened. I don't think he had a say in that. And just kind of. I mean, no one has no one has a, a great scorecard. We have a 10-8 in a fight where <laughs> you, you from back in the time. Yeah, I mean, I don't right. know. Maybe there is a way to get to a 10-8 in that at that time. I don't know. I don't know what the scoring was like 20 years ago. Yeah, we got not a, entirely. I mean, we can just extrapolate. We got the wrong winner. And then we have one where you just throw your hands up and say, I can't pick a winner. If anybody has some old school knowledge of the way judging was at the time, uh, or, or maybe wants to go back, especially if you're you're a licensed judge, an experienced judge, if you want to go back to this fight for us, I would love to hear your thoughts on this fight and the individual rounds. And if there is any point in time where it could be conceivable to give three rounds to Count Uno, I would love to hear that because this is a hard one. This is like, I mean, this is a robbery. This is an old school robbery to me. All right. Even from the time, this feels like, man, they didn't get it right. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm looking at it from a lens of, again, I wasn't even watching MMA at this point. I was still in high school. I wasn't watching MMA. I was probably watching football and basketball and baseball. It was February 2003. Mm-hmm. This was, uh, yeah, I was I was gearing up for a couple of uh, really excellent seasons from my Marlins and my Panthers. Mm. I went to the, the World Series and Super Bowl, respectively. One of them even won. <laughs> it was a good year for me sports wise but i wasn't uh, ufc was not on my radar so i don't know i would love to get some feedback on this one though if anybody wants to watch it please do let us know mm -hmm. but that is it uh we didn't get a winner i think i think they messed up and yeah i think but at least you know we still ended up on the right page here as far as our old score in yeah. favor of pen yeah it's just we leaned a little too heavily in our eights back then i think now we have a, a more stricter code for how to get there so i think, I think it was good to go back to this All one right. yeah it probably makes you feel good that you still feel like BJ Penn won the fight. Oh, he definitely won the fight. <laughs> and I don't think that's your bias talking. I don't. But yeah, let's let's look ahead, though, to some more Jersey fights. 
Yeah. My understanding is this is the 20th UFC card to take place in New Jersey. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Well, they had they had uh, AC for a while. They were doing AC for a little so... bit, and then they would go to to Newark every year because they were trying to say to New York, hey, this is what you're missing out on. Yeah. Every and then, year. And, and then... they're like, now they're like, yeah, screw you, Newark. Yeah. Once... We'll come every once in a while now. Well, I mean, it's not just that. They went to, they went to Newark in 2009. Mm-hmm. And they went the year before to uh, AC. To, is that the Revel? Yeah. yeah, it was still Revel at that point. Okay. I don't think it was Revel after. It, well, not much yeah. longer. It's now Ocean Resort. Yeah, something. Something along the lines. I, I haven't been to AC in a while. Um, but yeah, so we've we've had two Jersey cards in the last seven years. Part of that is the pandemic, and they didn't travel around at all. I'm, I'm actually well, no, no. They had uh, Robbie Lawler and Kobe Covington was was in Newark. Oh yeah, that was. I did mean to highlight that one as well. Yeah. Thank you. So yeah, three then, right? Wait, no, that was the other one. That was that was the other one I was trying to highlight. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a, there's only those two. What about UFC 111? UFC 111 took place way before they had in New York. Oh, oh, you're talking about in New York. I'm sorry, since New York. Since New York came along, yeah. Oh, oh okay, my once, bad. Because once they came my to bad. New York, they said, eh, forget about yeah, it. Yeah, and when we come there, we're just going to throw a throwaway at you. It was a throwaway, yeah. And this is... Although it got better. What you talking about? This pay per view, yeah. or oh, okay. I was actually talking about the when they came here with with Robbie Lawler and Colby yeah. Covington because that yeah. that was that was a little bit of a throwaway event. Um, <laughs> middle of the afternoon in, in New Jersey, that was mm-hmm. rare in and of itself. Um, but yeah, this this UFC two eighty eight this weekend, this coming Saturday. I don't think it's the strongest of pay per views, but I actually think it's kind of deep enough that there's actually at least a pretty watchable card here, even mm-hmm. for those who are not going to mm-hmm. attend uh, in the in. The Rock in the Prudential Center for the exorbitant prices they are asking. Crazy prices. It is crazy. It's like $240 to get in the door for this card, which is high, especially in Jersey as opposed to the Garden. Yeah. like In that past judgment, I think I paid 40 bucks for my seat. Yeah, that's right. I was asking about 78. that. I wish I knew how much I paid for UFC 111 because that was my first event. Um, I want to say I didn't pay more than 60 for that one, and I had pretty good seats. I, I will say this, though, because I, I, like, I like UFC 288. In that I actually think it's got a good, solid headliner. I actually mm-hmm. think this is oh, a good... I think it can, it can carry a card, it's, which is crazy because it's actually the first time Aljamain Sterling has headlined a UFC event. Wow. I've seen him headline before that, though. Oh, yeah. No, I yeah. understand. That was a CFFC, your favorite. Yeah, that was... Mm-hmm. That was wild, but no, this is this is the first time that, especially as champion, it's it's the first time that they've said in a while that they said we'll put the bantamweight title as the headliner. It's been quite a while since we've had that, so it's nice to see, and I think it's a good fight for it. Uh, Henry Cejudo coming out of retirement hasn't fought in three years, wants to get that belt back, almost exactly three years actually, when he retired uh, after beating Dominic Cruz in that fight that Cruz cannot let go of the finish. <laughs> he can't. He, he, just he, he can't call, let it go. What did he he jokingly called uh, Keith Peterson all nonsense. Yes, Keith last Peterson. week. Which okay, fine. It's kind of funny in the context, but also it's just wrong cuz he did the right thing. Yeah. He saved him from a beating. So. And probably wasn't drinking or smoking cigarettes all day before <laughs> the event. Yes. Let it go, Dom. Let's move on. <laughs> Um, this being in New Jersey, I imagine we will have some Jersey judges here, probably Eric Cologne, probably Dave Torelli, maybe some Donnie Carley or, or, or John Billick or somebody like that. Plus, I would imagine they'll bring in some traveling judges. Yeah, I, I would think so. I would think so as well. I think it'll be, we'll, we'll, we'll get a good job. I think the fact that we have two local judges. I'll be there if you need me good. to fill in. I'll That's be true. There. Dan is, is on call. He's ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a call. Here's your first assignment. You're going to be in the main event doing Aljamain Sterling and Henry Cejudo. I'm ready for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think you are. Oh, I'm ready. No, you're not. <laughs> but I, again, I, I actually like a lot of the fights underneath this, too. 
I like, especially that they added this one, Bilal Muhammad and Gilbert Burns. We lost the co-main event, the original co-main event, which was going to be Charles Oliveira and uh, Benel Dariush. Mm-hmm. That would have been a great fight. I think this one is almost equal. It's not quite there. It's not quite at that level because there was a, a much higher anticipation about what was definitely going to come from that, which was probably a uh, a title fight. Well, this, this could one. this could sort out 170. This still could, but so. also Dana has been very committed to, no, it's going to be Colby Covington. Well, we'll no, see what yeah, he says I'm this saying, week. But, but it's sort we'll out whoever's after that. Yeah. Probably it's going to take one of these guys being really impressive in victory. He's gonna, he'll go up there and be like, oh, nobody really wanted it. <laughs> it's always about what they want and don't want. Everyone's just Everything is always spun that way. And then, you know. Colby Covington absolutely wanted the fight because he hasn't fought in a year. Mm. Huh? <laughs> Any hooser. I do like this fight, though. Gilbert Burns, Bilal Muhammad. I think it's going to be fun. Um, Bilal doesn't always have, you know, let's say the most fun style, but I think Gilbert can kind of manage some of the strengths that Bilal has and turn it into an interesting fight. And I'm not saying that Bilal can't win that fight, but I think it's going to be a different type of Bilal Muhammad fight than we've gotten used to in recent years. It's also five rounds. It is five rounds. That's right. It's a, non- it's a non-title five-round fight. So... 11 day notice I thought it, I think it was when it, when this fight got made yeah good for so, him because Bilal Muhammad I think he had to cut a lot of weight to get here I, I think he originally didn't want to go 170 mm-hmm. according to Gilbert yeah, I believe yeah, yeah, uh, so you, you hear knows? what you hear you know but We'll we'll count that as conjecture, but yeah, I mean he's coming out of Ramadan and and uh, this is this is his first fight after that, which it didn't end very long ago, and yeah, I, I'm interested to see how we do here. I think it'll be a fun fight. Mm-hmm. I like uh, Jessica Andrade coming back fighting Yan Xiaonan. Mm-hmm. This is uh and at 115, I think she belongs at 115. I think she can still compete at 125, but mm-hmm. also she just lost very clearly to Aaron yes. Blanchfield. So maybe now is not the time. Focus on 115. I think there's a, a path to getting that rematch against a different Chinese fighter in the champion, uh, Zhang Wei Li. Mm-hmm. She wins this one. I think she should be right there, at least in the conversation, especially because Amanda Lemos is kind of looked at as like, OK, maybe she should be next here. But just kind of tapped her out with the submission of the year last right, year, yeah, standing was, arm triangle. So I don't see why <laughs> we should have Jessica Andrade get leapfrogged. I don't. I really am not okay with that. And it's not a retread thing. It's it's a it's an absolute deserved thing here. But she's to go and uh, take care of business here against Jan. All right. We'll see if she can. Mosari Vloev stepped in on late notice to fight Bryce Mitchell at 145. This is a great 145. Not, not an easy fight to step into to protect your O. Definitely not. That's definitely not. But that B- says a lot about uh, about Ivlov. Yeah, I think it says about a lot about his confidence. Might and... be one of my guys. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> You're always looking for new guys to fill out your team. Mm-hmm. Is there a limit on the number of guys that you can have? At some point, if I become Chris Collinsworth, when I'm just so impressed <laughs> and happy with every single player on the field, yeah, then yeah, yeah, that'll be the limit. Well, when will that be? I mean, we're we talking about I... more than a dozen or. Do you, I are, guess. Do you yeah. keep it like at a dirty dozen, or yeah, let's keep it at twelve. All right, all right. Hard, hard twelve. At some point, we're gonna we're gonna have you write down this list, and you're gonna have to actually manage it as okay. you go. All right. We'll be like, all right, he's off the team. He's on the team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I like anytime Chaos Williams uh, fights. Mm-hmm. He's going against uh, Ronaldo Bedoya here at one seventy. I love Drew Dober against Matt Frivola at one. I think that's just gonna be. That's bonkers. fight of the night. That's the fight of yeah. the night. Uh, I think headliner uh, or uh, front runner, I should say. Okay. Here. This is the it's the featured prelim, and I think that's a smart way to do the featured prelim. You put the fight that's probably a fight of the night caliber, but not necessarily one that's like between the top contenders. Mm-hmm. You put that one in that slot. I like when they do that. I think they did a good job here. Um, but again, you get that one for free. You don't have to pay the uh, mm-hmm. the seventy bucks mm-hmm. or was it ninety four bucks th- three thousand dollars <laughs> to to watch on pay per view. I can't remember yeah. anymore. 
I pay it. I just try not to look anymore. You know what? If you can, <laughs> I know I have to pay it, so that's whatever. You should be able to get a. You should with our ticket. We should be able to just get like a pay per view coupon. I know. <laughs> like with the with the. Well, the I don't have a ticket, it. but nonetheless, I understand what you're saying. Where Where are your seats again, by the way? Oh, I got some good seats. Where you sitting? Uh, section three, lower lower bowl. Is that? Do you have a good sight line? Do you think? Yeah, I yeah. looked. I looked at um. It's one of it's behind one of the goals for hockey. They don't have a, a picture of a, a UFC event, right? So I imagine it's not too far. But but do you think you'll have a like a, a more of a clear panel, or are you going to have like more of a post in the middle? Of I the should field? have a clear panel, I think. Okay, that's good. I especially especially if it's one of the panels without the door, we don't even know. Right, that's true. that's a good question. Yeah, don't know. Yeah, usually I can orient it. I think, but I, I think I'm also where elevated where I'm looking into the cage yes, a little bit. That's so, clutch. You actually have to have that. If you're not on the floor in row one, two, or three. You, you really kind of want to sit where you're sitting. Otherwise, yeah. don't even bother. Don't pay the $7,000 to get in the building. Um, and I, the only reason I put one more fight on here, uh, early on the prelims, Rafael Estevan against Zaga Sumagulov. Why do you think I have this fight on here? Uh, probably because we're going to talk about we it. We are definitely going to talk about <laughs> Zaga Sumagulov. There has never been a fight where I've said to myself, Zumagulo is probably not going to give us a reason to talk about these rounds. He is always in a split decision and often is on the wrong end of it, not necessarily the 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 undeserving end, but on the wrong end of the split decision. It just mm-hmm. kind of doesn't go that way. So, yeah, I expect we'll be talking about a, another split decision for Zalva Zumagulo. I don't know if he'll win it or not, but we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Maybe the Jersey judges will be up to the task. <laughs> Get on the same page, just like uh, the Vegas judges were. Let's see. Let's hope. Mm-hmm. Also, there was another fight I want to add. Uh, oh, what you got? Crone Gracie uh, making his return after like almost four years off. Yeah. Uh, against Charles Jordan. I, I like when Charles so. Jordan fights. I, I I like the fight, but also I, I just because Crone Gracie doesn't fight very often, I'm like, what's he going to be like? I don't know. So We're going to find out. But that is the pay-per-view opener, actually. So It'll probably be a fun one. I, I'll give you that. It's probably fun. I think it's going to be fun for grapplers. I think this is one of those cards that it's going to be a little bit of a sleeper and end up being an actually very interesting card a lot of people were complaining about. Let's hope. Which we don't get. That doesn't often happen with pay-per-views. When the pay-per-views come along and they don't look good, mm-hmm. they often don't deliver. <laughs> this one I actually think has the sleeper potential to it. So We'll see. Did you mention fellow Jersey guy on the card, Phil Hoss? Oh yes, Phil Haas is on this one. No, I didn't highlight him. He is he is, as I understand it, he's the only one from New Jersey on this entire card. So I'm gonna say this. Bad job by the UFC on planning this. How did you not manage to get any of the following fighters on here? You didn't get Jim Miller, you didn't get Aaron Blanchfield, you didn't get I don't even know who's from South Jersey anymore. I'm trying to think. I mean, I feel like the South Jersey crew. Frankie could have came back. Yeah, Frankie's not gonna come back. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Leave that alone. Please. Give let him let him Chill. <laughs> Maybe Frankie will be there and they'll induct him to the Hall of Fame. Maybe. I, man, they've been inducting left and yeah. right here. Maybe I'd be they cool. would put him in. I'd be pretty cool if they did that. That would be cool. Maybe they should. I like that. That's a good thought. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll be back again Monday to break down all the rounds from UFC 288. And I'll have to, because especially we're both going to be watching it live and in person. We'll have to, you know, give us the uh, the take on how different it looks on TV and, and in the arena like we like to do. Yeah, I will be wooing like crazy. Don't you dare. I will be wooing. Don't you dare. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Take care, everybody.